Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, uh, welcome, welcome. We're going to be talking, speaking on the subject of uh, just persecution, going through it, and understanding when you get born again, saved, you're now uh, our enemy of the devil, and he doesn't like God's people. So he's going he's gonna to do anything he can to get you off-ended or offended, or get you off course. That, that's his job. Jesus said in John uh, 10, 10, the thief, referring to the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and that's our life, our ministry, our family. That's his job is to take us out. But God says, uh, be of good cheer. Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. So God's desire is to grow us up, uh, spiritually develop us, that we may be able to stand. And again, I tell Christians all the time, when you get saved, you got to now start being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you got to renew your mind in the area of spiritual warfare because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Meaning when you're in a spiritual battle, you can't use boxing gloves or your fists or your feet to kick with. You got to use what the scripture refers to as the sword of the spirit. You got to use what the scripture refers to as the whole armor of God. And again, faith comes by hearing and hearing and receiving the word of God. But if you don't never hear or been taught about uh, the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare, you'll just be another uh, casualty in this uh, spiritual war or spiritual warfare or spiritual battle. But God desires that we not be ignorant. He wants to grow us up. And I always like to keep it simple. It's just like a, a child. You, you, you give birth to a child. You bring the child home. Basically, from that day, you basically start training that child or teaching that child. You teach him how to eat, a mom and a child, you teach him how to eat. And as he gets older, you, you teach him other things and teach him how to potty. You teach him how to say words, his name. Walk. Yeah, you, you, they're constantly being trained because they don't know anything. They just came into the world. You teach them how to dress themselves. You teach them colors. We teach them everything they need to know. And that goes on even till kindergarten and then elementary school, middle school, high school, college. We're constantly learning. So with that said, because we're born again, we're a new creation. We're something that we never were before. We're now redeemed and reconciled and restored to God. We're in the God class and the God family. Now we got to learn 
who we are <laughs> as this new creation. And we got to, God's going to reveal to us about spiritual warfare and, and the enemy that we have, the enemy of our souls, which is the devil, and he exists. We understand that from yeah. the scriptures. And, and earlier said, take you out. A lot of people hear that and, and they think in the spiritual sense. He also would, if he could, take you out in this life. Oh, yeah. I'm involved in uh, helping a Christian school here in town now reorganize. And I came home from a meeting. I was eating dinner and I actually choked. Choked to the point that they had to do the Heimlich on me. My youngest daughter, who's, in her, who's 30, did the Heimlich on me. And I consider that she saved my life because I couldn't breathe. And the, and I hadn't really thought about it in the sense that the devil would want to take me out because of the work that I'm doing with that school. But yet, it's he's there. He well, he wants to take you out in, in all that you've been called to do. Remember, Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan desire, desire to sift you like wheat. <laughs> but I'm going to pray that your faith, your confidence, your trust in me does not fail. And, when and then he, he says, and when you come back, strengthen your brother. See, it was a foregone conclusion. The answer right. was he was going to come through it. Right. He was going to be sifted. He was going to be tried sorely. He was going to deny Jesus three times. But Jesus knew he was going to come out the other end. That's why he All says, right. and when you have come back, strengthen well, yeah. your brother. Well, because the scripture says this, uh, a student is not above his master. And, and, and Jesus taught Peter. And he says, a student will be like his master. Because he's been perfectly trained. So, you know, what a great teacher to be with physically than with Jesus. And, and again, we know Peter was a, had discernment because I'm re, I reminded when uh, Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? And he said, well, some say you're the prophet. Some say John the Baptist. Baptist some says this, that, or the other. He said, well, but who do you say I am, Peter? And Peter said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus replied, flesh and blood, meaning a person hasn't revealed this to you. He said, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. And that means Peter must, Peter's fate must have been on fire. Just the same one that walked on water. Yeah, the same one. So his fate was on fire. I mean, in the scripture said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So I'm saying Peter was hungry. So things were, was revealed to him. And we want to reveal stuff. Spiritual things to you on this broadcast called Faith on Fire. And one of them is uh, spiritual warfare that and reminding you when you get born again, you're not a target for the enemy to take you out. And some of us always talk about why me? Whoa, me. And you got to realize you're in the army of God now because you're in the family of God. And you want to be you want to be physically, spiritually fit to fulfill the call in your life just like in the natural in the military when you enlist i was talking to somebody about this yesterday my friend that lives around the corner from you richard he lives around the corner from the armory and he was i was telling him he need to re-enlist because he ain't doing nothing right now he can re-enlist in the army. that's guy he said he was too old <laughs> at a certain point they just cut you off but he was saying anybody that enlists in the army whether you're a doctor or nothing or whatever they train you for combat, <laughs> you're going to get some combat training regardless of what your position is that you signed up for. And again, with Christians, you still need to know this. You should know how to battle in the spirit regardless of what the call is. Well, you know, you said something earlier about why me and what was me and all those kind of things. 
probably what we ought to do is look at it the opposite way. If the devil's messing with you, he's trying stuff against you, you should have that as like a badge of honor. Rather than why me, why is the devil doing this? Which, that should be like a badge of honor. I'm doing something so right, the devil doesn't like right, it. Right, 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 right. And, and, and that's the truth right there. You right. just said it. The first thing you did right was receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. He hates that. Oh, yeah. So now Jesus said, That's if enough. you continue in the faith, then are you my disciples indeed, and you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he wants us to continue in what we started. Continue, receive me as Lord and Savior. Continue in me, and I'm going to co continue to reveal to you the truth about who you are, what you have, what you can do, because greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. So you, I'm going to reveal all of this to you. Like Jesus said, flesh and blood is not revealed to this but my Father in heaven, and remember, we have the Holy Spirit. He's going to reveal to you that greater is he that's in you. And then you're going to have the victory. Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And if Jesus has overcome the world, and we're in his family, he's our Lord and Savior, we're overcomers too. Scripture Amen. says this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith, our faith in him. Yeah. Amen. So we're overcomers. But anyway, the scriptural reference we will was desiring to go to was in Ephesians. Yeah, right, right. Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Paul tells the, the church this, the body of Christ. He says, finally, and I like to define words when I'm reading the scripture. Finally means okay, this is it. If I this is the last thing I'm gonna tell you or remind you of. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is right there. You can't fight a spiritual battle in your own might. Right. Well, see, that's the key here in the power of his might. Right. I tell people this all the time. You go up against the devil in your own strength, he no. will beat you like a drum. Right. He's been doing it for a really long time. Right. He's an he expert really at it. Right. At it, and he will beat you every time if you try to do it on your own strength. And that's why the scripture reminds us, study to show yourself approved. A workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Once you get the word of truth, again, the word of truth inside of your spirit and allow it to transform you by the renewing of your mind, it also develops your faith. You will be free, free from the attacks of the devil. Well, he'll still come against you, but you'll learn how to cast down <laughs> every thought so and every imagination. In the Lord That's being strong. The power of his might. And all I need to do is be strong in the word. If I just See, we don't have know to what to worry for. The, devil. the devil's going to attack us, but we don't have to be scared because we've got God. And here's an example of being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Jesus, our elder brother, our Lord and Savior, he demonstrated it. As soon as he started his ministry, the scripture says he was led in the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, by the devil. And you know what? He was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan means to, to have a spiritual warfare with Satan. I noticed in that whole text of scripture, Jesus didn't pick up not one stone, not one rock, not one tree branch. He kept on saying three words to Satan. It is written. Yeah, he didn't use his own logic. No, it is written. He used. He was strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He used the word of God. The word of God is strong. It, 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 remember, it endures forever. It's powerful. It's living. Powerful he used the living, the word of God. Two-edged sword. And that's what he used, the two-edged sword, which is the word of God. And as we read in Ephesians, we're going to find out that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's what Jesus used. And again, as Christians, that's what we're commanded to use. But here it is. I'm reminded of this. Scripture says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
Well, it's not academic knowledge. It's biblical or spiritual knowledge. So God wants you to commune with him, fellowship with him in his word, because he's going to start revealing stuff to you. And I always tell people this, Richard, revelation is not always in the black letters. It's in the black, it's in between the black and the white. It's, as you're reading, you will see some stuff in between the next word, in that those white spaces of the, the pages. He's going to reveal some stuff to you as you fellowship and commune and have that intimate time with him. He's going to show you some stuff. Remember, the word is living. It's powerful. powerful. It's sharp. It'll, it'll, it'll go right into your spirit and reveal some stuff to you. So he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Okay, here's the command. Put on the whole armor. He didn't say put on a part of the armor. <laughs> he said put on the whole armor of God. Notice he didn't say the armor of the world. He said put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So that tells me the devil's got some wiles. <laughs> he wiles out, Richard. But he told me if I put on the whole armor, and I'm always, when I read this text, I think about the Roman soldier in his armor suit. He's head to toe. He got his helmet on. And that's the list that he actually gives us. Right. And he's saying this. When this was written, they would have recognized every piece of that armor. They would have seen Roman soldiers mm -hmm. wearing that actual armor. That's why he uses his example. He said, put on the whole armor that you may be able to. But here's the key. Stand against the wiles of the devil. And I'm reminded of another scripture. It says, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, I can resist him by putting on my whole armor. Because if you see me in the armor of God, the devil see Jesus, he flees. Right. He, <laughs> he don't come up to Jesus. Well, same thing with you. I remember uh, Bill Johnson from uh, Bethel, and he said this, and, and it resonated with me. He said, I want two things to happen when my name is mentioned. I want heaven to rejoice, and I want demons to tremble when my name is mentioned. <laughs> And I say that too. I want when my name's mentioned, I want heaven to rejoice. That's my boy down there, Vince. Be love. He's giving it up. He's on he's not ashamed of the gospel. His speech and his teaching are not with enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I want demons to tremble when they hear my voice. Like, man, that guy, man. Remember? The demon said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. <laughs> But who are, you? Yeah, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The demons know who got on the whole armor. That's all I'm saying. They know who's equipped. So, again, don't mean they ain't going to, they, they stupid too. They still going to come after you, Richard. They still going to try to use a piece of meat to take you out with. They try to use your own teeth to take you out. Remember, you just said it earlier. The devil's smart. Oh, he's smart. He's going to do whatever he He's trying to take you out with a, what, a burger? Hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> oh, he's a hamburglar. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to take you out. Right, right, right. Well, let's go back to the text. He says, put on a whole armor, God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look, here's, the, here's a, some revelation in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means people ain't your problem. We no, don't it's easy to think people are your problem. Oh, yeah, it's well, very easy. You, you know, you as well as I know, that I know... Republicans who think the problem is the president. Yeah. Then I know Democrats who think the problem is John Boehner. Right, right. I mean, it's easy to think that the person on the opposite side, and you don't have to go that far. I know churches where people think the person that's their enemy is that person that doesn't agree with them about what color the paint ought to be. Right, right, but that's the enemy. You know, that's the enemy. I mean, it's so easy to see people 
as the enemy. They're not doing what we want them to do or thinking or saying what we want them to do, so they must be the enemy. Well, once you grow spiritually, you'll start seeing some, a lot of truths. You'll receive truths, and you'll understand that you wrestle not against flesh right? and blood. The people are not your yeah. enemy. You'll get a revelation that Satan works in and through people, just like God, through his Holy Spirit. It works in and through us. Well, Satan works through people, too. He worked through Judas when it came to Jesus being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Remember, he worked through Peter when Jesus and Peter was walking on a road, and Jesus was telling Peter what was going to happen to him. And Peter basically said, not on my watch. Right. Jesus turned around and said, get, 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 get behind me, Satan. <laughs> well, Peter, he loved Peter. He wasn't really talking to Peter. He was walking through Peter because he knew what spirit was influencing Peter to say such a thing because he says, you're not mindful of the will of God. He's talking to Satan, but the will of man. Yeah, fallen man. So, again, we, God wants us to have the understanding. And he's going to give you that. So he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, uh-oh, here it is, Satan and his hordes, principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. Uh-oh, that's Satan and his imps right there. The rulers of darkness, look, of this age, against spiritual hosts, of wickedness in heavenly places. That's Satan and his demons right there. He just told you who your problem is. So now he wants to reveal to you how to defeat them every time. And it's just like Jesus. It is written. Well, you got to know what's written if you're going to declare it as written. Jesus didn't say, hold on, hold on, Satan, time out. Let me go get my Bible. Let me go get call the pastor real quick. Let me call some religious leaders. He said, no, it was in his heart. Remember? Your word I've hidden in my heart that I not, may not sin against you. Those who are filled with the spirit out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. The truth, whatsoever in a man's heart, it's going to come out of See, their we mouth. We were talking last week and, and maybe even the week before a little bit about the promises of God. This is why the promises of God are so important. Right. Because the devil's going to come to you. He's going to tell you lies. He's going to tell you things like he did even to Jesus. And we better know what the Bible says. We better know what, what the, the truth is, what the promises of God are. So when the devil comes to you in, in the middle of the night and you're a little sad, you're lonely, you're sick, whatever it might be, and he says, nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's nobody who cares. God doesn't even really care about you. Because you know what? If God cared about you, this would have never happened to you. And we can know that Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that we can know that. And so when the devil says, nobody loves you, you're on your own, we can say, you know what? That's a lie. Because no matter what happens with anybody else, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Richard, that happens to the best of us. You know, like you said, at night, as you're sleeping, Satan will try to come and plan a thought. And when you're a student of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, that's his job to bring to your remembrance all things that God has said to you out of his word or during meditation or whatever. And he says this in his word, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But here's the promise. But the Lord shall deliver him out of all of them. Well, yeah, I'm going through it right now, but I got a promise from daddy. He's going to deliver me out of it. And again, that's how we war in the spirit. We cast down the negative thought or influence from the demonic one, and we replace it with a promise. Because all the, the promises are yes and amen. The devil comes to you and he says, you know, you'll never be able to pay all your bills. Things are too tight. This is too much. And then we can remember the promise. My, my God, God shall supply all 
Almighty. See, see and here's, here's what the, the promise equates to the truth. Right. Yeah, that's the that's truth. The that's the truth right there. Now, the fact is, I'm a little short this month, but the truth is, my God shall supply. So now all I have to do is exhort the truth. Let the truth come out of my mouth, because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I meditate. if I even meditate on the truth, I'm going to get a greater revelation. Supply those needs according to his riches in glory mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus. Not according to his riches in glory in the United States. I reminded no. people yesterday. For some reason, a lot of Americans tend to think that God started with the American Constitution or that God started when America was formed. God has been forever, eternal. He didn't have anything to do with the starting of this country. It wasn't as if, oh, God said, oh, here's the United States. Here I am. Let me start, let me start Christianity. Me start <laughs> Christianity and God's word have been around for a long time. Before In the beginning was Christ. the word. And the word <laughs> was the... with God. And the word right. was God. And it's been that way. It, it's not like it just started a couple of hundred years ago with the United States. God has always been. Well, you know what, Richard? That's what the scripture means when he tells you don't be conformed to this world. This world system is a Babylonian system. It wants to convince you or make you believe or have confidence in it. God's not uh, uh, held by the U.S. economy. He has his, that's why we say, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, so there was no, you know, 2008, 2009 when the economy went in the tank. It wasn't like God said, whoa, wow. man, America's in trouble. The world's in trouble. We're going to have to hold trouble. back. We're going to have to hold back here. We can't give, we can't give as much as we used to. Uh, we're, we're on tight rations here. No. We, we ain't get, we're, we're, not, not we're not distributing much salvation this year. Yeah, we're you we're know, a little short. The scriptures say he's rich. That guy needs peace. Well, we got to hold off because we don't have as much peace. And we're there. cutting back, we're man. There. We got to cut back on comfort. No, mm -hmm. his arm is not shortened. Well, Richard, he still can meet all of our needs. Right, and we can go so many places with this. The world always, the world system, the Babylonian system, which a lot of governments are under, they promote scarcity. There's yeah. not enough. There's not enough. In our scripture. The truth says, according to his riches and glory by Christ. Well, see, Jesus. the world, to the world and to sight, if we have a pie sitting here and it's cut into two pieces, I can have one and you can have one. If I eat two, you get none. If you <laughs> eat two, I get none. So what do we have to do? We got to worry about who's eating what. Right. God has enough pie that you can have a whole one and I can have a whole one and everybody else can have a whole one. There's no shortage. There's no. Wow, if he gets extra, I'll get less. And not only that, in God's word, where his wisdom is, he'll reveal to you how to do that. He revealed to Jesus, remember when Jesus was preaching to the multitudes? It was getting a little late. And the disciples said, Lord, man, it's getting a little late. Shouldn't we send them everybody home? Because well, they're probably getting hungry. Now, this was men, women, and children. What, about 5,000? 5,000. And the disciples, the disciples, because their minds weren't completely renewed to the supernatural, to the kingdom of God, which is from heaven, the kingdom from heaven, they were saying, hey, let's send them home. It's getting dark, man. They got a long walk home. Let them go home and get some food. Jesus, out of his wisdom, he said, you give them something to eat. Jesus just messing with them. You give them something to eat. Because the scripture said, for Jesus knew what he would do. So he going to tell them, you give them something to eat. And they're like, well, shoot, we ain't got none. 
And we just sent her. We sent somebody out, and hey, we yeah. we found this little kid. Man, he got a couple fish and some bread. But what is that amongst all of us? And Jesus said, "Okay, here's, here's the king of principle right now. Give it to me. There it is. Give or bring it to me." In their obedience, they did it. And what did Jesus do? He did the kingdom thing because he know in heaven there ain't no limits. It ain't no scarcity. He took it. He blessed it, meaning he spoke some words over it. He spoke multiplication over it. He spoke increase over it, and then he gave it back to them and told them, go pass it out. And we know what the scripture says. Everybody was full, and they took up the rest. So, again, that's the God See, we serve. You talk about this, too. You know, talk about him saying, give it to me. Whatever it is, and sometimes we think this is mm -hmm. only about money. You Anything you have a worry, give it to him. He'll take care of it. Scripture says, "Casting all your cares onto him." Whatever it is, give it to him, mm -hmm. and then he'll take care of it. We have a tendency to think that we have to do it ourselves, and we don't give it to him. And then this comes back to our finances. I've got a hundred dollars, and I got one hundred fifty dollars worth of bills. I can't give it to him because I'm I'm short already. And he says, no, give it to me. Give all your cares. Give all these things to me, and then I will take care mm -hmm. of it. Well, that's what the, t the tithe is, is the tenth. But he said, seek first. Take care. Do me first, and I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ. I fill up my storehouse, and I'll pour out a mm -hmm. blessing that you can't even imagine. Well, in, in Proverbs, he says, honor the Lord with the first of all your increase, and your barns shall be filled with plenty. Again, that's the promise. That's the truth. And we're kind of want to give. What's the world say? No, if you give give it to God, you're gonna have less. You're not gonna have more. Well, see, that's what our sight says. Like what you said, that's what the world says. That's the same world he tells you don't be conformed to, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to those scriptures we just read. This is why our mind has to be renewed, though. Because we grow up knowing yeah. that if I give to you, then I'm going to have less. Or we, I give it to God, I'm going to have less. Because we got a world program mind. Right. That's why he says, I mean, be ye trans. Right. Well, the, this whole system, the Babylonian system, programs you to believe certain things. But now you get born again, and God says, I want to uproot. Jesus said this in Matthew 14. Every plant which my heavenly father has planted shall be uprooted. I mean, every belief system that didn't come from heaven, he said God desires to and, uproot it. And no matter who told it to you. It's got to be uprooted because if it ain't the truth, because the truth only sets you free. And that's going to do it for this segment of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely out, out of faith. We're going to remind you as you, keep go, as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.